Yeah, good morning, Detroit, and good morning, Detroit, Paul. Detroit. We're not in Pittsburgh, Cleveland. We're in Detroit. We are in the Big D, the Motor City. Yes, the place that people want to be. Yes, you're talking to Peter Perlman and Paul Benzman and Call Talking Biz, New Radio Media's number one talk show here on a beautiful, sunny, 10-degree weather day. Number one. Number one with a bullet. Oh, well, we might have some competition. You love that. Yeah, yeah, nice number one. That. <laughs> yes, brought to you today uh, by the 9mm. Yes, <laughs> your favorite weapon of choice. What's the weather supposed to be like today? It is going to be going up to about 14 or 15. Not bad, but the wind chill is the factor, Paul. You know, we're talking about going again below zero. You know, I don't and know. And Tony, Tony here is nodding his head. You know, I'm just starting to feel good again. I'm starting to feel so good. I don't know. It's 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 uh, this winter. Maybe it's because of a work schedule. But this winter is getting to me. How about you? Are you sinusy already? No, I'm not sinusy. You know, I am are, a are little you, sinusy. Are you sinusy or sad? Yeah, I'm not morning. sure. No, I'm not sad. I'm happy I mean, guy I mean, today. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy camper. I mean, <laughs> just so everybody knows, Very good Paul's week. wearing that cashmere camel hair coat again. You know, yeah. that's the that's the new signature of Paul here. Well, I bought it at the Salvation Army. It was a Century Twenty One <laughs> <laughs> coat. It's like it's like, I wore it a couple weeks. Ago and, and Jess said, "Hey, I had that jacket. That's what they had at Century Twenty One." I said, "Thanks." Wow! You know? yeah. And we want to talk about Jess for a minute. He's you know, healing. I talked to him. Yesterday. You know, baseball. We sent our boy down to the, you know, uh, Roy Hobbs. Our boy. Our okay, boy. Our boy. Okay. We sent our boy down to the Roy Hobbs baseball program for the week. You know, Roy Hobbs from the movie The Natural. So our boy Jess down there, who also does a beautiful show called Baseball Mainly. Uh, well, mainly he learned that by throwing the ball the wrong way, he tore up his knee. But he says he's been putting weight on it, well, and he's good. feeling better. Well, you better I, put I weight on it. I was on the way to the fights at the Motor City Casino last yeah. night, and I called Jess, and he said it happens. He's putting weight on it. He feels much better. Good. And he is not. He doesn't. He, his career is not over. Well, that's good. His career. He's got is a not talking over. career here in the studio. He, he's one of our number one guys here in the biz. Um, so uh, we got to keep the man healthy. So, you know, today is a special, special day. I don't know what you know about history, but I'm going to have Tony key it up right now because this is a special day. The Beatles came over the pond. Yes, they did. Yes, and I woke up this morning and I celebrated that first thing. Listen to this. This is just great. This is what started a wave. <laughs> yeah, the women, that Sullivan show, well, yes. Well, you know, two things happened. People wanted to go to the barbershop and look like them. Yep. That was number one. Number two, their wardrobe was different a little yep. bit. Yep, And, of course, Ed Sullivan, the man that didn't know how to do anything, we go, we have a really big shoe, yeah. uh, was so proud to present them because, you know, he had Elvis, he's had the Beatles, he's had the Stones. Yeah. This was a, just a great, great thing for the Beatles, you know? Yep. And approximately what time in the evening did they come on stage? This is your trivia question. Eastern or Pacific time? No, Eastern time. What time did they go on the stage on February 9th in 1964? I don't know if it was an 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock show. 8-12. 8-12. See? 8-12. Now I know a piece of useless information. This is the best part. This is the best part. They came out of a commercial. They came out of of a commercial (laughs) for Anison. Remember Anderson, the pain pill reliever? You're much older than me. Unbelievable. Yeah, you and probably there, remember the Mike Douglas stand, show. Standing before that restless crowd, you know. Hmm. I'm Ed Sullivan. And uh, just saying, settle down, settle down, quiet now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And here's a very amusing, magical piece that we saw for, in Europe and signed last summer. Let's have a nice hand. 
Come on, boys. Fred, everybody get them together to clap. Boom, 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 boom. The Beatles! And that was the end of it. Ed couldn't speak again because the crowd never stopped screaming. We have to let him get this out of his system you know, every Saturday morning. I'll tell you, you know. Well, <laughs> Trivia questions that uh, only I'd your mother would laugh. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. all right. No, don't give, don't give <laughs> him the clap. All right, so here. 1960... <laughs> 1960. 1960, okay. The Coors Brewery. Yeah. A family member was kidnapped. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. remember that? I do now. I have your photo. My photo. <laughs> Were you the kidnapper? Uh, Peter. I'm hearing I, all these things come out I, of the woodwork. I, I was, Every politician's got something I, coming out of the woodwork. You know what? It's 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 crazy. I don't even I used to watch a lot of news. Now I watch very little news. What do you watch? Don't tell me those special little watch, pictures that I see I, at coffee I in the morning. I watch our shows. Our, well, of course okay. we watch our shows. But, but not only that, I, I really get tired of the bantering amongst politicians. Well, then I'm glad you brought that at, to me. And, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that to me. At the point of the day, I, I, I think that we're going to have a change because I think the guy who's going to win the next election— I don't even want to get there yet. —is going to be an independent. Well, here you go. Mr. Schultz. In, in 1825, I wasn't even born. In 1825, the talking about listening. the presidential, the presidential We're election dead. was Those decided. Dead. It was decided by the House, and they elected at the time. The House of Representatives voted to elect the John House. Quincy Adams. Yeah, who John won Q. fewer votes cool than Jack than Andrew Jackson. So you know, a lot of things. A lot of things. But I sports, was talking to his grandson the other day. I you want to talk were. about current events? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This ought to be real yeah. good. All right. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm trying to bring us to the current stuff. He's back selling. Right. These guys have been dead for more before you guys even thought were born. I mean, all right, then. Let's, you add up all their ages, they're not even that old. I do want to take a moment. <laughs> a moment take care of, of silence? Uh, basically, yes. For John Dingle Jr. Yes. And, um, long politician. Yes. Long, long term. Was he 95, right? Yeah. Let me let me let me share something that John. I'll just shut up and listen. Go yeah, ahead. John wrote something very nice for everybody. I never forgot the people who gave me the privilege of representing them. It was a lesson learned at home from my father and my mother, and one I've tried to impart to the people I've served with and employed over the years. As I prepare to leave this behind, I now leave you in control of the greatest nation mankind, and pray God gives you the wisdom. To understand the responsibilities you hold in your hands. May God bless you all, and may God bless America. What a great, what a great statement he made. That was his closing remark that he asked uh, his dear wife to share with everybody. Is she like 50 years um, younger than he him? He died at 92. 92. 92. Okay. Longest serving member in Congress uh, from 1955 to 2015. Once again, before our staff was all born. But he he was a cool man. He was he was interesting. He he knew when to step down. And uh, Debbie, how old is Debbie? She like sixty years old. Yeah, yeah, younger chick. John and I and Debbie, we used to fly to Washington on Saturdays together. Really? On my he famous never, trips back and he, forth. He never told my me shuttle that. trips. Yeah. He never told me that. Yeah. So how about birthdays? You got any birthdays for me? Because I got bir- boy, have I got birthdays you for you? Do your birthdays, and I'll All go. Right. I had a lot of this actor. This, this actor played yeah. in Home Alone. My cousin yeah. Vinny. And Godfellows. You have a cousin, Vinny, too? I got a funny story. Hold Wait, on a second. Give me the name. Hold on a second. Hey. Let me give the Vinny story. The Vinny story. So years ago. This is not, of course, not the microwave Vinny. No, no, good, no, good. no, no. Well, I'll tell you another one about uh. that. But first, first, <laughs> my parents told my sister they're going to see cousin Vinny. Ah. And my sister said, I didn't know he had a cousin Vinny. Ooh. And then let's talk about the microwave. Yeah. So my mother's out to lunch with a lot of people. 
and Vinnie Johnson used to live in their building at mm-hmm. the Prudential Town Center. Mm-hmm. So she called me up and says, what's that guy's name again? The refrigerator? I said, <laughs> I said you got the wrong appliance. <laughs> yeah, the refrigerator is a little bit bigger, Ma. Yeah. And he's still in Chicago. So you give us the birthdays, and I'll give you my birthdays. All right, so okay. tell me who, who we're talking yours about. first. That was Go Joe ahead. Pesci. Joe Pesci. 1943. Okay, okay. Now, I was going to have them play a great song that you could guess. But they made a Broadway show about this person's music. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, go ahead. Carol King. I saw that. Beautiful. Took my and mom to see that. So the last one, twice. was he in the shoe business or did he play basketball? Michael Jordan. Well, or was he an actor? Go ahead. Michael B. Jordan. I ah, forgot the B. The B is an actor. Creed, Creed Two, and Black Panther. Okay, let me get to my birthday. Michael B., 1987. Do I have any more birthdays? What is today's date? What? What is today's date? Today is uh, the day after yesterday, the 8th. But the day before tomorrow. Okay, go ahead. So that would be the 9th. Right. So are you behind before? Or? Today's the ninth. I'm, you got to look at your phone. I couldn't believe I, my that. My days have I, gone I, I so quick. I could not believe you just looked at your telephone. Last week was the first weekend I took two days off. And, and you mocked me, me about those little folding calendars that I put on the desk. Wait a second. Like, hey, folks. Those, how those, many, like, how many those of electronics. You, wait, those wait. Electronics. Let's, let's put the mics up. <laughs> Kelsey. Come on, Tony. How many of you, you know those old calendars that you, you print know, the, and they sit like on an angle? The little easy Yeah. Would you use one of those? Hey. A planner, but not one of those that's calendars a, where you rip the months wait, off, that's, right? That's paper. That's you, paper. You think Peter should, like, update himself? He's got these calendars that are on these little things they fold up. I have a planner. You but, but the, he, he spends yeah, well, a yeah, fortune I have on one these every calendars day. every year. I have the planner, okay. and I mark it down on, on who I call every day. Peter, it's in my Peter, book, my those, notes. Those calendars are gone the way of Bill Naps. No. Follow an Oldsmobile to Bill Naps, and you know it'll be your birthday. Right, yeah, so let me, let me get based my... on your age at Bill Naps. Ladies Welcome and to the Peter Perlman Show. I'm going to go back to Welcome my back. office and let him talk all day because that's just what's happening. I can't see get what a, happens I can't when get I don't. In. Do you see what happens when I don't get to see you that often? You know what? We're starting a new format. So I got to let him know every other week. But let's new let's format. Do this. We got another new format. No, no. On no, Talking no, Biz. No, no. What? New Radio Media. Talking Biz. We discussed at eight four four nine 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 two four nine. If you want to call us, tell Paul your birthday how many cups of coffee have you had you know i gotta talk about ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen let me tell you about the allocation coffee plan that we now have at new radio media yeah i'm gonna go back bring your box of 80 current coffee cups and you too can have a cup with me kelsey change the name of the show to peter (laughs) perlman's morning show because i can't get a word in okay I, i can't get a word in so can i do my birthdays happy birthday mr president I didn't know you did drugs. What's with you this morning? <laughs> I miss you, baby. I miss you. It's like where it's have like, you been? Cut the reason we're allocating coffee is because of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why we're allocating. I've never seen you so I, red in my I life. I see you get such a great color. <laughs> look yes, how, look how this red show is. is in total color, ladies look, and look gentlemen. Look how red he is. Can I get to my birthdays before it's not their birthdays anymore? <laughs> Yeah, Sharon Chesick was 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 spit it out. Uh, Sharon, it out. Sharon's birthday was like three days ago since you've been talking. So it's, <laughs> Sharon Chesick, happy birthday, Gina Nicolaitis. She's in New York. Wonderful woman. It's her birthday. Gina what? Nicolaitis. Oh, it sounded okay. like Surendra Pandley. It's his birthday today. And Elise Silber, uh, an old uh, girlfriend of mine. No, no, no. Excuse me. That was her sister-in-law <laughs> that I dated. <laughs> Her brother, her <laughs> husband's brother. Got to remember who I dated. Mm. I'll give you more information off the air. Uh, and Mike Mansfield. Uh, Mike is a wonderful 
friend and uh, a wonderful gentleman. It's their birthdays today. Those are my Facebook friends' birthday. By the way, Facebook uh, gives us a nickel for every time we mention a birthday. Oh, I thought that every time you mentioned the word Facebook. No. no. All right, so at 9 o'clock today... At 9 o'clock, we have Who's coming spe- on the phone? Well, we have special guests due to weather conditions. They won't be able to join us in the studios. Mm-hmm. And they are the co-founders of GenUC. And we're going to not give it all away right now. Okay. But um, Allie Rose over Van Becky and Jack <coughs> Burns will be joining us via the phone No, line. no, only Allie, I think, is coming. Oh, well, I don't know. Jack, uh, wake up, Jack. They're trying to figure out. Who's at whose place and who's calling in? But well, we have they'll, they'll be calling in. What we heard is in Flint, there was a lot of snow and ice on the roads this morning. It was very treacherous out there. Well, so, be careful uh, out there said, if you're in that area. Because we care about our guests, we okay. said just call in, right? All right, so so what? We're going to see them at 9 o'clock, either see them, no, hear we're them, review talk them. To them. We're well, not we we can put them. their pictures up, too. We, we can don't have them. their pictures. I we're have a beautiful photo. Oh, we do have their pictures. I do have their photos. Oh, my staff is so great. Your Our staff. staff thank you. So Our great. staff. Your staff well, all of a sudden became your staff. Well, this is your show, and then it's my <laughs> staff. i got to have something. You know, I've been divorced twice. I've lost a lot of things in my life. Can I at least have our staff? You're going to be really upset in the I'm next so story. I'm so lonely. You're going to get... You're going to get bummed on the next story Is there now. a psychologist on this or a psychiatrist? Yes, well, you have a show I'm for that, too. I'm this morning. All right, so this I'm is really... Your, welcome to Peter Perlman's show. This I'm is just, really going to depress like, you. Ed, I feel like Ed McMahon today. You guys don't know who that was. Johnny, Johnny Carson. Carson. You don't even know who Johnny Carson is. But Ed was from Michigan, Detroit area. Anyway, you're going to be Cut really... Cut coffee out this guy. You are going to be so depressed. What happened? There is now... The cattle ranchers are getting up in arms because they're saying, you call that meat? You know how the you know when the soy came out they called it soy milk. Yeah. Now the ranchers are saying you're calling this meat, and when actually it's new vegetarian uh, burgers and lab produced burgers, and they want to sell them in the markets. So a number of the states now are starting to push back and say, "Hey, time out! You can't use the word burger." Now, how are you going to try to market that, my little friend? <laughs> my little friend. <laughs> What's it, what was it, my little friend? <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like I, what, what movie was that? Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not my, not my little friend. It was like uh, twins. what's it? We yeah, could be yeah. Twins. The, Al, the Al Pacino movie. What's the drug movie? Scarface. 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 My little friend. friend. <laughs> hello, my hello, Pelicans. My little Pelicans. Remember that? Oh, look at Pelicans. My little friend. <laughs> My little friend, Look at it. I, love it. I did lose 42 pounds. I'm a little littler. Another <laughs> 30 to go. My little friend. Well, let's talk about something that more your subject matter then. Yeah, backgammon. Let's go to New York City. I, I can't let's, even say what we're going to talk about. Go ahead. What's let's go in to New, New York, York City. City. And let's yep. talk about Amazon HQ2. Might not happen. HQ2. Might. <laughs> Might not happen. It looks like there's a little issue with that. A little issue? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're thinking Why about Why did a lot of communities not want them? Well, first of all, there's a lot of issues, a lot of cost. And the price to getting them was a lot. Um, everyone pulled down their shorts and, and let them do whatever they wanted. The fact is <laughs> is that they just, um, you know, everyone thinks it's it's wonderful to get these big headquarters, but at what price? And uh, they want a lot, of, lot, a lot of benefits and a lot of things that... Communities have to absorb a lot of issues. Well, I know that when Nashville was interviewed after their loss, uh-huh. one of the biggest arguments by the community was the cost of residential alone would be jacked up to such a point that the average person living where they were today 
would not be able to stay. Well, and you look at Seattle with Microsoft and everything else out there. The cost of housing is way, way up. You get these tech companies, and it's 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 a dual-edged sword. You know, you have a successful company, and, and they move in. Next thing you know, people can't afford the homes, and they got to move further out. But that's progress. Is it progress in what respect? Well, progress to the point where you know there's there's it's like I said. I think that the days of incentives that we pay um, these companies get spoiled. You know, they have profits, they make a lot of money, and I think the fact is there should be limits of what you give these people. You know, I'm 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 against a lot of the benefits they get. I'm against a lot of benefits that we did downtown Detroit. Um, had a conversation last night about. I'm not going to mention who, but there's a lot of people downtown that don't feel they're having a a fairness of having a storefront or opening a business, and the lot's going to be coming out soon. I hear a lot of rumbling going on that, you know what, sometimes too big is too big, and if someone controls a city, it's not, not good for the city. It's almost like if you have all your eggs in one big basket and that basket breaks, then you lose a lot, and... There really has to be a balance. I think the the separation of haves and have-nots, the small business and the big business, is getting worse and worse. Uh, the little business, you know, you, you think about little businesses that aren't around anymore because they're being absorbed by big businesses. And uh, we should talk a little more on the end of the break because this I is think, a good I topic. Think, I, because, think you got a gr- I think you're you're on track. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's so much going on. So, My you know, music. Paul, I know you love the music, so... Uh, Let's play the music, let's pay some bills, and then we'll see everybody on the other side. Sounds good to me. The latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where Techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com. It's not science fiction, it's science fact. Tiny robots crawling through your body helping doctors to identify disease and perform operations. The tools are known as snake bots and they carry tiny cameras, scissors, and forceps. For now, these snake bots have to be controlled by humans and they remain attached to tethers. But we're not far from the day when the machines will cut the tether for good and be allowed to roam your body on their own in damaged organs. Now, already the tethered snake bots have proven extremely useful and they make it possible to conduct previously invasive surgery in ways that were never thought possible just a few years ago. So imagine, for example, a heart bypass operation that does not require a major incision in your chest and the opening up of your ribcage. Now these things are being made possible today and will in the not too distant future become the rule rather than the exception when it comes to major surgeries. With another Prescription for Your Health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And welcome back to the Peter Perlman Show on Talking Biz. Uh, With New Paul Benzman. Oh, my name is here. Okay, well, you know, okay. you, were, you were talking about downtown Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, a little bit with our listeners and sharing with them that, you know, sometimes we have a key player that kind of controls an atmosphere mm-hmm. and some of the changes or pushbacks that take place. And that, you know, when every, you know, everybody always loves when it starts and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like they get jealous or other factions come into play. Well, and, I don't think it's jealousy. Well, it's not jealousy in the sense that, you know, they were there successful and other players now realize that, you know, don't knock them down. Congratulate them on the success they've had. But now let's start partnering a community more so than just an individual. Well, you know, I'm going to say a couple I'm doing things. it gently. I won't mention any names and whatever. You're doing it very gently. But here's the issue. You know, uh, the United States was built on, on small businesses and people came over here from other countries and we had opportunity. The opportunity is getting a little tougher for a lot of people in certain areas. Um, besides technology changing a lot of things in the world today, mm-hmm. and you have to change or you, you know, change or die is what they say, but let's take a look at a downtown. Let's look at something. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of things coming out uh, for some successful people in Detroit where it's not as bright as everyone thinks it is. Um, in cases of small biggest business incubators of people starting businesses, it's very nice when someone gets a business funded by one of these incubators. But when you have to go back for more funding, 99% of the time you lose your business. And uh, I don't want to go deeper. This is another day, another time. But a lot of people look at these opportunities, bring a great business to someone, and all of a sudden, they end up owning none of it and working for that person after they created a business. So somebody buys them out. No, no one buys them out. They get squeezed out. Squeezed the buyout, okay. the buyout is is a kind word. Squeezed out is the real word. All right. So they go and they do this, and there's funding, and and we're going to see some stuff. I we we were talking to a few people about a special report that might come out on new radio media down the road about things that are really happening. The other side of what they think is the bright story. But the other side, you look at greed. Excuse me, are you Paul Harvey? No, no. The rest no. of the story? No, well, the rest of the story is this, and this is a real serious subject. Um, more and more people we've talked to over the last several months um, are getting angry of what's going on downtown and midtown, and uh, rightfully so. Well, do you think it will be like a bubble that will burst in the sense that Royal Oak, and we were just talking about during the break, you know, Royal Oak was the hot spot, and now all of a sudden... You're getting vacancies. Well, here's what's going on in Royal Oak. Royal Oak, um, for the several past years, is not a retail town. It was a restaurant bar town, which means it had a nightlife, and you had some businesses that worked there. Uh, more so, if you went to Ferndale, it's more friendly with retail shops and restaurants and a better mix. Royal Oak pricing has got really, really crazy for both retailers and offices. Now, that shows a science of strength. An upscale the hotel just opened up a month ago in, in downtown Royal Oak, and so it's a thriving city. Everything changes. Well, do you see Royal Oak changing in a sense with <coughs> uh, Oakland Community College now talking about broadening their campus appearance? Well, that that too. But what and happens Ferndale is, bringing Baker College in for a campus? Yeah, you know, but I think there's enough bakers already in Ferndale. No, anyways, <laughs> but at the end of the day, and he talks uh, about uh, me, Ferndale, you know, with the little uh, stuff. This, this is my half. Shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the staff so, just loves you, Paul. So, so what happens is, is is Royal Oak, once again, is not really a retail town. It's more of a restaurant stuff, and it's becoming an office town. Uh, you know, Henry Ford taking a big part of a new office complex. 
the growing pains that Birmingham had when they had to build the parking structures to make Birmingham. You know, so every city gets reinvented. Correct. You know, Birmingham years ago before Somerset North was built became very commercial, the gaps and everything, which wasn't Birmingham. Now it's back to unique shops and restaurants and, and stuff. So Birmingham is, is doing very well. If you look, they're all going vertical. They're all going up high. And, and so Birmingham, you can have more tall buildings. The small buildings are building above stores. Royal Oak's doing the same thing. Ferndale will catch up there. The biggest thing is is that Southfield office space is on a rebound uh, because of downtown being filled. So you had all the people running downtown, and now Prudential Center, town center, is now getting its vacancy rate way up, way down on the vacancies, but occupancy way up. So that's a good sign. Um, you know. But going to back where I came, and I think we changed downtown. the subject about downtown and the people that control downtown, I think you're going to see a lot of stories where you think someone's a hero, and, and yes, thanks someone for building downtown, but you're going to see a lot the other side of the story. Um, Dan Gilbert with uh, his title company uh, lost a judgment uh, a few weeks ago for $700-something million. Um, I'm hedging to bet that either the company goes out of business because uh, I don't see Dan turning over over $700 million on a judgment. That's just not him, and it's not a lot of business people, so I don't say it's right or wrong. But there's a lot of things going on downtown, and we'll see what's happening. You're going to start seeing a lot of restaurant closures. We had a lot of booms in restaurants, but I think there's a saturation point of restaurants. And during the weeknights, you can shoot a cannon through probably 70% of the restaurants. So you're going to see a lot of that starting right away, and we're already hearing some failures in restaurants. And um, it will be the adjustment period. Uh, we'll see Corktown, as Ford Motor bought over 80 buildings in that area, that shift is going to go over there. Downtown is really spreading now. It's really spreading. So what you're going to end up seeing is a lot of restaurants that open up. Uh, there'll be adjustment period of restaurants going out. But if you go over on Michigan Avenue and you go by the train station and you go see the apartments behind Slows and the new stadium over there, the, the ball field that we had on the show about a year ago, but if you look at that area, it's really growing. But you'll see things in Detroit and things happening um, that um, the age of greed, you know, I, I think the, hate to use the word millennials, but they saw greed and they saw what happened with the banks and everything and they were angry and they do a different lifestyle. I think they're right on a lot of issues. And I think we're going to see things happen in Detroit and see the other side of the story, uh, whether it's going to be the mayor, whether it's going to be other people. I think you're going to see a lot of stories this year. Well, one of the big stories coming out right now, of course, is Chemical Bank being the, the prime bank in downtown Detroit coming back. Well, because you know, of TCF merger. Correct. You know, those two merging, it's going to be a very interesting bank. And, and, and hats off to the guys that that bought the bank and Torgo and those groups. But right. but once again, there's another side to that story, and I don't want to say it this morning. Okay, but I'm just watching, you know, that's another new structure going down at Elizabeth and Woodward Avenue. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And if you take a look at all around the uh, Little Caesars Arena, all the things that were supposed to be there aren't. Well, and so it, that's, that's you know, where's the residential that they promised? Where's more of... There's a lot of vacant land. Don't right, get so me now, wrong. So now we're, we're talking about you opened some cans. Now, now I'm going to start talking. <laughs> All right. You, you, well, you see, if, I don't, if, if I don't stir the pot in a way to get your juices going, so, it so, will be the Peter Perlman so show. So the Illiches have been uh, talked to about certain things they're supposed to develop that they haven't. Uh, Dan Gilbert has not turned over tax records that he's supposed to on buildings. Um, the and, and it's funny because it's it's pushed under the rug. They get all these credits and they get all these things for building these buildings, but they don't want to play by the rules. I, they're, they're not playing, but you really got me lit now because here's what happens. It's good for you. 
is that you get all these credits, and if you look at the Hudson site, the amount of credits that are coming back in there, the state's almost paying for the building. And and so when you run, you pass legislation, and, and I, I might be wrong, don't quote me on everything, but if you have a project that's over half a billion dollars, you get a percentage of the state tax that people live there comes back to the project. So the landlord gets that, I think it's like 20%. Right. And so between those taxes and, and the, the state tax and the sales tax, whatever, produced out of those buildings, goes back to pay the building. Now, Gilbert passed that legislation. It was made for him. It's probably the Gilbert Act. But how many projects are a half a billion or more? It's either him or the Illiches. And they benefit big time for this. This is what people are getting upset about. Because when you have neighborhoods that are rotting and people that are not being taken care of and schools that aren't at par, then this is why we have the split between haves and have-nots. And it's getting really bad in many ways. Um, still think the neighborhoods get to talk. And then politicians fall in line with the big guys because they need the money to be elected. And you look at these things. And so there's a lot of things going on in the back the backfield of this political we call it the things. back room. Well, the, the right back yeah, room deal. So if you look at this, a lot of things are coming out, and you know you hate to see it because you know Kwame's going to be in jail for another what twenty years or whatever. Nah, he's going to be away. He's busy. he's busy. He's busy talking about his relationship with BD and all this stuff. He's he now wants. He hates not being in the in the in the light. He's going to be out there and try to be in the news as much as you want. He set the city back and 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 screwed up many of my real estate deals when I was when he was in office. Um, and I think you're seeing that favoritism again, um, but it's really on the quiet side, you know. And and this is what's happening. This is how you develop it. So there's a lot of angry people that feel they haven't got a chance to do what they want to do, rightfully so in certain areas. I think that the energy should be focused on the neighborhoods. Uh, if it wasn't for church groups and community groups, Detroit would be totally blighted. And that's a whole other subject I got into with someone the other day. Are some of these mega churches businesses looking out for themselves and not the community? So that's another show we'll talk about. Well, you know, it's interesting how we break it down and we look at, you know, we've always talked about residential areas, especially when we grew up in the city. Those of us that grew, physically grew up in Detroit proper, not outside of it in the suburb. And then watching the changes, the transition changes of people when Northland was built. So that was like the start back in the 50s people thinking about moving out of the city and that Southfield in the Oak Park and over in the Warren area, everything was moving. And so things did collapse over, but it took 40, 50 years to do it, you know, so that you go through almost two generations to make it work. And now here we are today redeveloping, you know, mushrooming up a whole new um, city, uh, new Cork Town, new areas around the city, and the others, of course, being leveled down to a playing field of zero. Mm-hmm. So the question really will be down the road, not today, and we're not going to be able to answer it, is where do we drop the new seeds? And who's going to drop those new seeds? Johnny the, Appleseed. There you go. There you go. But in the meantime, yeah. you know, in a little bit, to, since we're on the doom and gloom show, actually, in no, uh, no, a unique no, thing. No, um, no. Some things I want to talk about with you, though, uh, during this hour, of course, will be Sears, uh, Payless Shoes, a uh, new announcement that just came out. And, um, of course, uh, what Target's doing on pricing as we approach their stores. So uh, a lot of things going on here at New Radio Media to discuss with uh, Paul Benzman and Peter Perlman. And we're going to discuss it right after this. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. 
Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our nine and dine special, nine holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Millions of teenagers depend on popular medications such as Accutane or Roaccutane to control their embarrassing skin blemishes. But researchers from Tel Aviv University say those pills can also lead to eye infections such as pink eye or styes. See, the problem appears to be linked to the drug's tendency to dry the skin, the lips, and the eyes. Your tears only lubricate the surface of the eye, but they also wash away bacteria and viruses. Fortunately, there is a simple solution to this problem, though. And all it takes to minimize your risk is to use artificial tears or eye drops to keep your eyes lubricated while using Accutane or Roaccutane. Both are readily available over the counter at any pharmacy. So if you have any problems with eye infections and you're using either of these acne drugs, then you should also talk it over with your doctor. Now it's also important to avoid rubbing your eyes when they feel dry. Instead, that should be your signal to grab your eye drops and re-moisturize your eyes. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Well, you know, Paul, we're, we're talking about some very unique things here, and um, <coughs> yes. a lot of things that are going on. I want to move away from the city a little bit and more into what the media is stating right now and what we're seeing to hear in conversations around, the, as we say, coffee shops and everything. One, the General Motors um, releasing over 4,000 white-collar workers. Number two, of course, Sears is announcing, um, do I stay, do I go, where am I really at, what's my value? Um, Payless Shoes announced this morning or late last night the possibility of you know bankruptcy again. And, of course, um, in a unique way today, uh, as you were sharing earlier when we were having a little coffee, you know, the closer you get to a Target store online, things change. Yep. So I want to break it down a little bit for the listeners, and I want to first go to uh, Sears, and then I want to go to General Motors and Ford because they're both starting to do layoffs. Mm-hmm. And they laid out big checks at the same time. You know, we got the bonuses. You know, GM gave out ten thousand. Ford's giving out thousands of dollars. And then, in the, and the, and then in the other envelope, it says, "Congratulations, your color is pink." Great topic. Because let me go where we're at here. And, and, right and this is something that I'm going uh, to sit back. We knew was coming. Um, as the automotive companies did their alignment and their readjusting um, into their bankruptcies. They never cut the fat in the top. You know, they, they cut wages and, and benefits for employees. But GM was still fat on the top. And they sat there. What executive is going to rule out their own jobs and their friends and their buddies? GM down at, at the Renaissance and at the tech center was very heavy with executives. And the cut had to come 
um, when you're a public company, everyone's looking for bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger, you know, profits. And so GM didn't make the cuts and Ford didn't make the cuts. Chrysler, on the other hand, um, kept it in line. Marcioni was a smart man. And after the the talks, the auto talks several years ago, when he he said, listen, we're going to build the trucks and the Jeeps in the United States, and all our vehicles, if we have any left, are going to be made in Mexico. Well, he knew the profit was in the trucks, and so Ford followed that same thing by saying, hey, we have big profits in trucks. Matter of fact, years ago, I don't remember, if you remember, Mm -hmm. the trucks had no stickers. That's right. There's no stickers on trucks. So now you have a higher profit vehicle, so the margins are bigger. But now Wall Street says, you know what, you've got to make more and more profits, so you need to lay off people. So Ford and GM never really cut at the top. They're doing it right now. Uh, people, are the automotive companies going away? No. They're transportation companies. The transportation is going to be different. But at the end of the day, the overhead's still too high, and that's what happens. Now compared to not public companies, when Dan Gilbert bought back Quicken Loans, he took it private. That way he doesn't have to report to anyone. And these public companies, um, there's a lot of people upset with public companies because that's what it is. Lear's laying off people. There's adjustments in the automotive because as you do more uh, automation and you do ways to better the process because of technology, it doesn't take a three-year cycle to design a new car anymore. Now, what about the backlash, though? You know, all right, here we are in a border community of Mm -hmm. United States and Canada. Mm -hmm. So General Motors says to um, their facility in Canada, we're closing you down, which then affects all the supplier chain in those areas well, also. Well, it's a ripple effect. It's, and, it's a and, ripple. and people don't talk about the ripple. They only talk about the major. Now, they used to say, I think it's like for every one, one automotive job, there's three ones for suppliers. Right. And you look at that. Well, here's what's going on. And, and now you've opened up a bigger can of worms. It's my job. Because here's what happens. In the automotive world, you've got the automotive companies, which are really assemblers. They buy parts from everyone. They used to build more. They used to do more of their own parts when they had Delphi and all these other companies. So they decided, we're just going to be an assembling company. And what happened for years was they were beating up their suppliers for cheaper parts, and they would put together crappy parts because they beat them up, and they would have all these recalls. So now you look at this thing where the automotive companies are are skinning up again, and the auto suppliers are skinning up. And it became a global economy. If you look at the parts in the, in the cars that are assembled, um, there, there's majority of it is it's imported parts. And so that's another factor. Ford lost over $700 million because of duties on aluminum and steel. So you can't just change things overnight. And I'm going all over the place here with politics. You're doing fine. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the automotive company and say, okay, what is the actual cost? You know, you can't come in and say, okay, you know what, I don't want Mexico to do cars and I don't want Canada to do cars. So there's an adjustment there that's going to be a backlash on a lot of things. And the automotive companies um, thought the president was user-friendly for them. And, yes, he caught up some of the emission stuff, but what he did with duties and tariffs and dragging along has affected a lot of people, a lot of people. So went back to the automotive company, they're skinning up. They're getting to the position where they're going to be you know, then Ford's spending all the money at the train station for autonomous and all future kinds of transportation because new cars' numbers are going to go down um, because of people that are moving to downtowns and using other alternate trans- uh, transportation, whether it's bikes or scooters. So Ford announced, and it was really um, our friend at Henry at Ford, who's no longer there, Fields. Mark Fields came out and delivered the message, and he was a scapegoat. He He was a smart guy, but they didn't keep him around because the 
older people didn't want to hear that we're not really going to be in the car business anymore. But he actually spoke the truth and said, hey, we're in the transportation business. Ford has a lot of ride-sharing programs. And a lot of people today, and, and, and listen, if I could do without a car, because if you look, if you're living downtown, car share programs are going to be big. You know, people just using a car for a short time. There's a new online app. Once again, technology changing. There's a lot of people leasing their cars out. Well, as you said in a show, I mean, we're going back, but we always talked about that. If you lived downtown, uh-huh. you could afford the higher rents because you didn't have a car, you didn't have insurance. And you, so between no payment, no insurance, you could live a much higher quality life downtown. In some cases, seven to ten grand a year. That's correct. You take your gas so, and your insurance. <clears throat> So it is a very big difference, and that's why, you know, and the automotive companies always fought. When we took the streetcars and the electric buses off before your time, um, but I used to go on a streetcar, um, down Woodward Avenue, and it was great. And once all that was taken away, because they wanted to make sure that we were behind the wheel. There's an adjustment, Peter. The, The General Motors, the car was, they wanted two cars in every garage, and they had it. But now let's look at the cost of living. You know, you look at back, I know when my parents built a house in Southfield in 1964, the house was uh, $36,000 for 2,400 square feet, and that included landscaping. And their payment was only two, dollars $300 a month. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the cost of living today, and this is where uh, I look at people, and, and it's not a survival. The younger people want quality of life. They're not working to kill themselves. They're working to enjoy life. You mean they don't like the rule of 80? Well, no. And the fact <laughs> is, but take it, take it that you have someone who's making thirty to forty thousand dollars a year, and a car part of that is maybe five or six thousand for a new car. That's a big chunk. Then you take food and living expenses. It's tough. That's why you see a lot of people getting married later. A lot of people looking at life. A lot of people living together. Uh, room shares and all that stuff. It's very unique of what people are being creative and what they're doing. Add technology to that, it changes faster. And um, it, it's it's a different world today. So let's go to the world of uh, closings. And I hate okay. to say that. I mean, we, we talked about automotive a little bit, but um, Payless made an announcement today oh. um, after running great ads during Christmas, no less, oh. uh, in Santa Monica using that one store that they flipped to make look like a high-end store. And all these wonderful people came and said, I love your shoes. I'll pay my $500. And they did. And at the end of two and a half hours, they said, by the way, these all shoes we sell for $19.95. And mm-hmm. the people couldn't believe it. So today they announced that they could go to bankruptcy. Well, they've been struggling for a long time. Let's let's go back to this, and I had this talk this morning early at breakfast. If you look at the adjustments, same thing with the Target thing, with the with the app changing prices close to the store, the consumer today is very educated. You know why? Because they're walking around with a powerful computer in their hand. And you can put in a price match thing, and you can find out the cheapest place for price. Now, the question is, is do I go to the bricks and mortar and pay more, or should I wait two days and have it delivered? Now, Amazon is going to have competition because Amazon's not the cheapest. They're not the cheapest. They're the most convenient, and they do those things. But there's a real adjustment, Peter, a real adjustment. Let's talk about this year's bankruptcy, and this is part of the retail thing. Okay. So Mr. Lempert was the biggest creditor. He's very smart. He put himself in a position where he really controlled the credit committee, and he took back the stores. It was approved that he's going to run the 300-something stores. He's only doing that for one reason. Uh, I was involved in the closing of the Kmarts when it first was announced. Uh, I was part of a group called Chainlinks, a national company. 
And on a Thursday, we were told by Monday morning, we had to evaluate every Kmart store in the country. And we had to look at the stores, and we had to say, okay, what's the competitor near it? And most times, we went out state. There was a fancy Walmart or Myers updated building, which was a scoop. And we had to rate the real estate, what the value of on a fire sale, what they could sell it for. And Mr. Lempert and the group looked at this thing, and they said, okay, we can sell the lease to this store. For instance, at 12 Oaks Mall, at West Oaks, there was a Kmart. Remember that one? You sure did. Where Gander Mount went later. So they were paying $1.50 a square foot where the market rate was 12 The landlord let them liquidate the store and bought the lease back. So Lempert took the money from the lease backs and the liquidation price. And not only people know this, that he took the money from Kmart and bought Sears. So then he bought Sears and he got it. So now Mr. Lampert goes, oh, no, I can save 54,000 jobs or whatever the number is, and I'm going to keep the stores open. Here's the other side and the real part of the story. If they go out of business and they have to liquidate foreign-something real estate locations, he wouldn't maximize the price of the real estate. So now he'll, he'll pretend he's real reaping the stores once he had no investment in the stores and slowly will liquidate the stores. He knows from the offer that Amazon put in for Whole Foods that they would like some of the stores. So he'll go to them and say, okay, you want this location, this location, this is what it costs. So it's really a real estate play that Kmart's going going through right now, and they'll be gone just a little longer. All right, so we'll see them disappear. Where does Kenmore go? So Because we already know where Craftsman went. Where does Kenmore go? So here's what's going to happen. Um, and, and it overlaps something else that J.C. Penney announced, just announced this week. No after furniture and appliances, well, right. They tried their three-year run. Well, they tried. On the, on the appliances. They've always had furniture, but the three-year run on the on the appliances is not done. So let's turn that around. So Macy's is now putting more furniture in their stores for because they know that that's something that's not shopped on big furniture online. So these stores are, are changing around and seeing what's going on. Uh, so Penny's is on the watch. Uh, Sears is on the watch to go, um, and and we're going to see a lot more adjustments in stores. I mean, it's it's a longer topic than we have time for today, okay. but uh, a lot of stores. Another chain that has 350 stores, I forgot the chain, the small department chain, is closing 200 of their stores. Um, it's a consolidation of retail because we're overbuilt. So we're getting the consolidation of retail, but we hear from the East Coast a little knocking on the door of another warehouse group wanting to come in and... Uh Maybe touch our marketplace. Well, BJ's is coming in. They've signed leases. Um, they're coming in. Um, Sam's Club is struggling uh, to keep up with Costco. And uh, you're going to see a lot of these struggling warehouses become distribution centers for their online business. So why does BJ want to come to our marketplace where Sam is struggling, Source Club already left, and all the other things? BJ's has a niche, and they'll come in. And, and it's once again, everyone thinks they have a better mousetrap and they can run it. BJ's overhead might be lower. Uh, they'll do fine in the marketplace. And once again, there's a adjustment and saturation of certain buildings, and it will open opportunity for new low-end retailers. Okay. Well, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch all this happen, you know, and, and transpire because, as you said early, um, it's a cycle, you know, and sometimes it's a 50-year period. Sometimes it's a five-year period. Uh, it, it's just interesting, though, that as you were sharing that, you know, today we walk around with a computer in our hand, uh, in a lot of cases, but the uh, the joke also is is that the flip phone is making a comeback, you know, and we're going to come back because we've got to do a little flip also. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about our nine o'clock guest. Oh yes. Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters. 
where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. I'm Jackie Callen with Dr. Mark Berkowitz. We all accumulate so many products. They probably dry it yeah. out if I open the jars. You can't miss the team member with Medicare. You're a critical part of the team. Yeah. But I don't eat the yolks. That's the, not really helping them diet, is it? They're, they're not getting anything out of it. It goes right through. With these relatively small steps, it becomes a lot easier over time to make major lifestyle changes. Put your arms out if you want to. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there was a substantial drop in diabetes deaths in the decade leading up to 2006, especially for deaths resulting from heart disease or stroke that's attributed to diabetes. American adults with diabetes are still more likely to die younger than those who do not have the condition, but the gap is getting smaller. The findings come after researchers looked at data from 1997 to 2004, covering nearly a quarter of a million adults. The mortality rate may be falling for some very simple but sound reasons. People with diabetes were found to be less likely to smoke and more likely to be physically active than they were in the past. And there also have been some improvements in controlling blood pressure and cholesterol levels. But sadly, the news is not all good though. As the CDC also says that the prevalence of diabetes is likely to rise in the future largely due to poor lifestyle choices and obesity. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. It's my turn. Welcome back to DoRadioMedia.com and Talking Biz on a Saturday morning. Peter Perlman, Paul Benzman, we have a guest at 9 o'clock, or a very unique guest. Yes, we do. And you know something? What? I'm going to hold this up for everybody to see. This is a, a water bottle. It's a future pair of glasses. Well, but how many of these do we need to make a pair of glasses? That'll be one of the questions we're going to share with our guests at 9 o'clock. You know, as they talk about GenuC, the new, newest company to make Flint become a viable entity. Again. You know what else scares me about that bottle? Okay. No, seriously. Oh, okay. You've got plastic there, right? That's, that's and, what they call and it. when they ship that or it's in heat, <laughs> do you feel there's a, 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 a issue where that plastic gets release. into the water? Called the release. I know, but do you believe it gets into that water? Well, two things happen. Um, one... In the old plastic bottles, yep. you had to, yes, in the new plastic, it was like the coffee mug like he's got right there. Yeah. They rec- they killed them. They had to make new mugs taking out the chemical that was related okay, to so it. Okay, so let's go back to my initial question. So the initial question would have been yes. Okay, and I still think today, uh, you know, we have a couple things with causes, cancer numbers going up. And you had a shift of people drinking bottled water, right? Yes. Okay. I get a little nervous about that, that that we are absorbing bottles that I know sometimes I'll put something in my trunk, a case of water, or it's heated, and I do believe there's a reaction if something goes from the plastic to the water. The Paul, you can't yeah. leave it in the trunk for six weeks. There's only five. Well, that's okay. why. I mean, the object is to pick it up, 
bring it to the office, have one of the young people take it out of your car for you. There you go. Bring it up into All the right, room. So let's go back to this thing. Let's anyway, talk about anyway. seriously. So you look so at anyway. that you look at a semi filled yeah. with water right. sitting in the back on a ninety five degree day. Nobody's arguing. Is that. there a reaction to water and cancer? Now And that'll be a question we can play with at nine o'clock. On the new side. Now I'm not gonna bring that up. We're here okay. to talk about their glasses. But here's what I'm saying. Is that um, Israeli scientists? Yes. Uh, last couple of weeks have announced they have a cure for cancer. Well, there's been a battle back and forth. Um, you know, we, we, we saw the article. Um, Jerusalem Post had a couple of write ups and also had some counter write ups to it. Um, so there, it's a wait and see game right now. It's a wait and see, but there's progress. There is definitely that's, progress. It's nice to see that. But, um, you know, I, I know too many people that are, are dying of cancer or have died of cancer. They've been challenged. And um, you've got to look at the results of why they are dying and why the numbers are up. Well, all right. I can't answer that right now. Okay, Doc. But i got to get you up-tempo here. I'm up-tempo. I'm, so I'm just talking I'm, about what's All right, so what does February 13th have? What is yeah. big on February 13th in the world of sports? Uh, the agony of defeat? In well, the world of sports. Baseball is coming alive, and yeah. spring training begins. The pitchers and catchers come, and the season begins. And that brings me to a new subject. Okay? The, sport, the, sport, the hot dog. The, the, sport, no, the, hot the, the sport of ordering roses the no, day before Valentine's no, Day. No, 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 no. I don't, I'll be out of town. Um, Another excuse. Carrie's listening. Carrie, you don't expect I, any flowers this knows. year. He's not getting it. Uh, enjoy it. you got a nice nozzle in the, in the kitchen many, instead of roses. How many... How many hot dogs do you believe will be gobbled up for the baseball season? Well, that's a good question. You know, the numbers are down on hot dog consumption in the ballpark. Do you know why? This ought to be interesting. No, do you know why? Seriously. Come on, come on. Because of the other foods that are not right, delivered in I'm the giving ballparks. Ba- I'm giving you ba- I'm so giving the hot dog hot number. hot dog numbers are down. I, how many hot dogs? You, you're, you're beating around the bush This here, is boy. another useless number that I don't care <laughs> 19 about. 19 million hot dogs okay. plus 4.6 million in sausages. Okay, now, so how much mustard and how much ketchup? Go, well, consumed? here's the key. Okay. Let's go to Atlanta. Wait, let me ask What is the number one? What is the number one thing that the fans love in Atlanta on their hot dog? Cheese. No, 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 no. That's Pulled sour. pork and creamy coleslaw, barbecue sauce, and pickles. Now, okay. let's go to Arizona to the Diamondbacks. What do mm-hmm. they love? Snake. Chili, nacho cheese sauce, potato, potato tots. Oh, God. Sour cream and green onion. All right. Whatever happened to the plain ballpark friend? I'm waiting to find out. Let's go to wait, Kansas no, City. Wait, no, question. I've got to, wait, 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 wait. Kaufman wait, wait. Stadium. Do you like the dirty water hot dogs or the grilled hot dogs? Grilled. Okay. Hey, i got to ask these two. Hey, put on your mics. When you go to the ball game. Well, I like, like them both. It depends. If, it, if, the, if the hot dog comes with the guy, not with the styrofoam box, yeah. but in the old metal unit yeah. where he took it out. That's and dirty slapped, water hot dogs. That's right. And he slapped on the mustache. Okay. I'm a happy guy. Kelsey, do you like your hot dogs boiled or grilled? Ooh, that's a fast one. Okay. Tony, you're a hot dog kind of guy. Oh, that's I'm a grilled hot dog kind of guy. Uh, at the ballpark. Now we're only talking about the ballpark. Oh, at the ballpark. Oh yeah, no, no. At the, the ballpark. Park. Yeah, at the ballpark, definitely a boiled hot dog. Okay, dirty way. water in the thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. Dirty but, water dog. Yes. But yeah, no. Any other time, a grilled hot dog. Uh, Kelsey, what what do you like in place of a hot dog? Your cheeseburger in oh, paradise. Cheeseburger, okay. cheeseburger. Okay, she's a cheeseburger. Pepsi, Pepsi, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. So, yeah, so okay, I cut right. you off. Okay, That's okay. So I played Peter Perlman and for that, a I'm, I'm proud of you. All right, here, I'll give you the last one for right now because we, we've got so much left to do here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh, okay. Hot dog, mac and cheese, Cracker Jacks, pickles, or fresh red and green jalapenos. I just lost my flavor for a hot dog. Now, I went to the auto show the other day before, you know, the last day. Did you see cars? I saw cars, but I'll tell you my best part of the auto show was going to Lafayette, Coney Island. You know what I had for dinner last night? I loved it. I last loved night, it. Last night after the fights at Motor City Casino, I was I was offered to go to a party, and I knew I had to be up for the show. So Claire Burke, who's working yes. with us in mm-hmm. boxing, an mm-hmm. amazing lady in boxing, everyone knows her, we had a gourmet meal last night. You went to, you went to Coney? We both had two with everything. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And, and I also learned that I'm older than I should be, and I shouldn't eat onions that late. Heartburn. Hardburn. God, and I could. But eat. they say to- so good going down. They onions. do. Did oh. you have a beverage? Water, because if I drink Coke, see, Coke is my. So I have an orange drink. See, an orange drink was always famous. Yeah, but there, sugar. But what happens is, well, because that's what sweetened me for the show. But but you're sweet <laughs> enough. You're sweet enough, honey. Your wife texted me. Did you get him the coffee? I said, <laughs> okay. But at the end of the day, no, seriously, at the end of the day, Peter. Yes. There's two things. Um, one. It sounds like we're going to pay some bills in a second. And two, we got an amazing guest at 9 o'clock. We'll be back in two minutes after we pay Three these minutes. Bills. Three minutes. We'll pay Three the minutes. bills. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams. For unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content, welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Show me someone who eats quickly and chances are I can show you someone who's overweight. Japanese researchers report that people who eat quickly until they're full are three times more likely to be overweight. The findings which appear in the British Medical Journal indicate the eating style can be just as important to your weight control as what or how much you eat. The dieters have been told for years to eat slowly to give your body time to register the food it's already consumed. 
you can help yourself and your children by making sure everyone eats slowly and in calm surroundings. Now this may be quite a feat to achieve in a day when it's so common for people to eat while watching television, which is a major no-no for anyone trying to lose weight or to control their weight. So remember that when it comes to eating, your mouth is faster than the signals that tell your brain that you've had enough. So slow down and give your body the time it needs to work properly. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Brackman. And welcome to New Radio Media Talking Biz. I'm Peter Perlman along with Paul Benzman. You know, the first hour kind of just flies by here every time. And uh, for those of you that don't know what's really going on, I do drink a lot of coffee. And uh, I love it. I just got some emails. I get some text messages. Are you okay? What's in the coffee? We want to buy it. Uh, it's great stuff, I got to tell you. But this hour, you know, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about a company that takes my plastic bottle here that I have, this beautiful plastic bottle, and they recycle it because they feel that it's so important that it doesn't go to a landfill. And we're, we're going to learn more about how they started, why they started, where they did this all at in just a few moments. You know, Paul, yeah. it, it's exciting, you know, when we talk about recycling plastic things all day long. And we know from uh, years ago, we looked at a video, you and I, on how Israel was recycling just so much of the, you know, trash and garbage and just doing it to clean a, a community. But here... When Flint ran into the water problems that they did, and everybody jumped on board and said, hey, we want to bring you trailers and truckloads of water so that you don't suffer, that your kids don't suffer, they had an, a mass amount of plastic bottles. And it just grew and grew and grew. And before you knew it, what do we do with all this pile? We're stockpiling bottles and bottles. And today, things are changing, you know. People are getting into the game, and some very creative people, I might say, um, have just done a fantastic job of coming up with a great solution. So, you know, in a few moments, uh, we're going to invite a couple of people to join us, uh, Ali Rose uh, Van Overbeek, and um, we're going to talk about this a little bit about, you know, a, a young lady that grew up here in the greater Detroit area, went to school here. She went to the University of Michigan at Dearborn. Um, Parsons uh, School of Fashion, and uh, then hooked up with uh, another young person, and together they they traveled to Flint to kind of check out the situation, and we're going to get a real story about it, and and I think it's going to be kind of an exciting thing. I don't want to give away everything. Well, let's, let's see if we can get a real story. I think we're having technical difficulties with the phone system today. Uh, what's going on here? So well, it's well, okay. I. Well, let's talk about it, but let's see we'll what's going on. We'll talk about it. All right, let's see. Uh, we're nodding our heads. We're moving our heads. I feel like the bobblehead show now. Well, let's see. Are they getting it? I think right. she does they'll, have they'll it. hand it. Okay. I think she's got I think she's got her on the uh, cell over there. Uh, I think right. she's trying to get it figured out. trying to figure out what we got with the well, phone system, all the technical difficulties. In modern modern day. You know? Modern modern day Whatever happened technology. to the, the two Dixie I Cups with the wire? I just joked with you about the, the flip phone. Well, you know, it was funny. The other day, while they're talking... We were talking about how to make a foxhole radio, a radio mm -hmm. that you could listen to a channel mm -hmm. on yeah. out of a piece of wood, a razor blade, a pencil, toilet paper roll, and wire. Yeah. I know. Everybody's listening to me. This is so good. This Go is ahead. the best talk, part talk, talk, of the talk, show. Yeah. You know, Mr. Wizard, are you available to call in right now? Because we need some assistance on our electronics here. Well, I, I, you we, know, have, we have some of the best people. We in do. We have the finest around, people. And we will get that but going. I'm going to continue the story of Flint. Go ahead. Talk okay, about Flint. Okay. So we're going to talk about Flint a little more because can you imagine mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Every bottle that comes in. Here's the quiz for everybody in the studio. While they're while they're doing the technical stuff, yeah. I keep putting this little plastic bottle up. But this little bottle here, this wonderful little uh, 16.9 ounce bottle, 15 of these wonderful things will make a business, and yeah. we're going to find out more about that business shortly. I know that Ali uh, Ali is trying to uh, join us uh, shortly, and um, we'll get her here. And right. Paul's going to tell, tell me what I'm doing here. I They're think we're even. good. Wait a second. I think we're, we're, we've we're cleaned good. it up. Good. And uh, we got someone on the line. Let's turn it up here. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Allie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you uh, Are you there? And is, is uh, Jack there or just you today? Um, it's just me. Well, welcome to the show on Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. You've got an amazing company. <laughs> well, you know, we were uh, while we were uh, getting you up on the uh, line here, we were kind of sharing with everybody that you grew up in this area. I did. I grew up in uh, Metro Detroit. Uh, I went to high school in Birmingham at Roper and grew up between, you know, Huntington Woods and Clinton Township. And then you decided to go to the University of Michigan, Dearborn, if I'm correct. No. <laughs> no, where'd you go? I went to Parsons in New York. Oh, then the write-up they handed me. And that's where uh, Jack went to school, too, didn't he? Did he go to Parsons? Yeah, Jack and I both went to Parsons. Yeah, my write-up says that. Yes, I know it does. Yeah. Well, it's you just... know, we're going to shoot the writer. There you go. <laughs> so it's amazing. So you went to school in New York, and then you decided, hey, what's going on next? Tell us the story. Yeah, so I graduated from Parsons in 2014, and I started working in the the fashion industry in New York as a stylist and and as a designer, and um, really grew to love it, but quickly became a bit disillusioned by how unsustainable the industry is, and a lot of, you know, the practices are very um, environmentally hazardous, as, as well as abusive to... Um, human rights and I took some time off and did the whole eat love pray thing and went to India uh, where I I started uh, engaging with an organization called the My Choices Foundation which works with women who are in domestically abusive relationships and the organization trains them with sewing skills to empower them with a form of financial independence and I flew back to Michigan from India on Christmas Day of 2015 and thought on the flight back that I was shortly going to be moving to India to work uh, full-time with this NGO. Um, but when I landed here in Michigan, I quickly found out about the Flint water crisis and what was going on and began volunteering with the Red Cross up here in Flint. And immediately just knew, nope, I don't need to move around the world to um, use my skill set to make impact in the world. I can do something in my own backyard and just started, you know, asking, asking the question of what is happening with all this plastic. Not only is the city of Flint facing a man-made water crisis, but now there's this huge influx of plastic coming into the city out of, out of need. Um, but what's being done with it? What can be done with it? Uh, and then just asking the community, you know, what do you need? What does Flint need? And everyone kept telling us jobs. So, um, you know, I knew this wasn't just going to be a short-term art project, but we needed to, you know, figure out what we could do with the plastic and create jobs locally in the community. Interesting question. I, what I love about the product is that it's made in the U.S., 
that you it is. you have it over here. Question: Is Rose your maiden name? Say that again. Rose, is that your middle name, or was I? I, I just asked ask because are you is is Rose? Was that your maiden name or part of your family name before? Um, my name is Allie Rose, and my last name is Van Overbeck. Okay, because I just want to know if the Rose, because I, I, I wanted to tie you in with another family, but it's it's a different question. He tries this all the time. No, 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 because I, I, okay, I, no. I, just that. <laughs> I know your last name. It's right here. But it's that. So anyways, you're, you're made in the United States. And, and so, you know, when you first, when did the first pair of glasses, you know, it, you, you made some prototypes, I assume? Yeah, we... Um, you know, so the business idea really started on a post-it note, and from there we did some accelerators in New York City, um, where we began receiving grant funding and support on the business side to uh, really build out like a full-fledged, scalable business plan as well as prototyping the product. And then we launched in um, March, April of um, this past year of uh, 2018 um, through a kick. Starter where we raised seventy four thousand pre selling one style of of eyeglass frames, um, and then from there uh, we got the business up and going and began manufacturing glasses here in Flint. Well, it's interesting too uh, that when you started, you the company's four goals. Um, I really I really appreciate your your four goals that you've worked with here: uh, reducing local plastic waste. You know, creating a living wage for a number of individuals, encouraging a circular economy and giving back to Flint. And uh, the idea of Made in Flint Fashion Collection, because I also love the name that you used, Roper, for your eyewear. Yeah, that's the name of the first frame style. Um, It's it's called the Roper. I mentioned earlier, but I I graduated from a school, a high school in Birmingham, Michigan, called uh, the Roper School. And, you know, the educational philosophy at the school really um, teaches students early on the importance of empathy and, and social justice and, and in, in living life from a we mentality and not just, you know, thinking about yourself, but how can we, you know, make impact um, for the collective um, community. So at Roper, what teacher gave you that extra push? I think all of the teachers, it's I, it's a really small school, so you uh, develop much more uh, personal relationships with all of the teachers. I mean, at Roper, you call teachers by their first name because um, there's not like a hierarchy as there is in a lot of traditional education. Um, you know, I was really close with my homeroom teacher, Linda Vernon, who's still been a huge huge supporter um of of you know the launch of genesee i think she's purchased like two pairs of glasses now um there's susanna nichols who is one of my writing teachers as well as a professor uh called george tish um who is my creative writing teacher um and really taught me the importance of of empathy um for others as well as myself so the village raised the child Yes, it certainly did. So let me ask you a question. Uh, let's go back to the business itself. So you are uh, you're manufacturing, and uh, what are your outlets? How do people get your glasses, and, and are you uh, how big is your distribution at the moment? 
So right now, um, all of our manufacturing is, is super localized in Flint. Our entire supply chain is actually within an 80-mile radius of Flint as well, aside from our hinges, which come from Italy, because there's nowhere in Michigan, let alone the United States, that makes eyewear hinges. And hopefully in the future, we'll be able to do that um, more close to home as well. Um, and with every purchase, we, we are able to upcycle 15 single-use water bottles and continue to create jobs for returning citizens in the community. And you can purchase our glasses um, online at our website. It's genesee.com, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com. And then we've also been doing pop-ups uh, locally around um you know, Metro Detroit area starting over, you know, the holiday, we began doing them. We've been at uh, Shinola's Canefield store, um, Nordstrom 12 Oaks and Nordstrom Somerset. Uh, we were at the House of Vans event a couple weekends ago. Um, we, we do a lot of like wellness events um, with, you know, Detroit Foundation Hotel and um, other local groups as well. Um, but hopefully we'll be in increasing our distribution um, in, in the coming months as there's some plans in the works. So when you um, first got to Flint, you know, you, you uh, shared with everybody here at New Radio Media Talking Biz that you hooked up with the Red Cross. When you, got, right. when you first got there, before the water, you know, you knew there was water bottle challenges. What was the role when you first got your boots on the ground? Well, when I was volunteering with the Red Cross, um, I was working uh, out of a distribution center it's called the Sylvester Broom Center here in Flint, um, doing water distribution. So handing out water, um, you know, to the community as, as they would come to the distribution center, but as well as we were, you know, what I was mainly doing was driving out in the Mack truck with uh, other volunteers and delivering cases of bottled water door-to-door. -door. Okay, so you were delivering the water, and then at what point did you realize that we have to do more than just deliver the water? I mean, at that time, and I still think what we need to be doing is delivering clean water to the city. It's still an issue. Um, but on top of that, um, as a designer and with my interest in sustainability, it was just a natural question of you know what's happening with the plastic um the water is is the main necessity um and should be the main focus uh but also there there is a local issue with plastic as well as a national and a global issue with our uh overuse of of plastic and specifically single-use plastic so being able to design and create products that are able to recycle that material into um, things that we actually need to use um, that have a longer lifespan than being single use. You know, plastic was designed to last forever, and it does. And for some reason, uh, we, we began using it in products that were made for single-use consumption, which has caused a big issue for us. Um, I mean, it takes 450 years for a single-use water bottle to decompose in a landfill. I'm sure, you know, at this point, plastic and single-use plastic is all the talk right now of, of what we can do. We're seeing, you know, Fortune 500 companies 
um, you know, making large commitments to reducing their their use of single-use plastic as well. But, you know, this material, it exists. It's not going anywhere right now. So how do we use it in, in, in more appropriate products? You know, eyewear is, is something that, uh, you know, we usually wear for one to two years at least. But what's really unique about us is, we participate in a circular economy. So our glasses were designed with their end use in mind, and a circular economy is a regenerative system that preserves, you know, the material and the energy. So when our customer is done using their glasses, we can actually purchase them back for credit towards their next purchase, and we'll fully recycle their old glasses back into our material stream so old glasses, you know, water bottles make the glasses, but then old glasses will continue to make glasses. Excellent. Couple questions for you. So when someone recycles their glass, do they uh, they come in and do they what kind of credit do they get for their for former glasses? Um, that's not something we've like publicly announced right now. Okay, so you haven't publicly announced that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we do. Why don't we? Uh, you know, first of all, let's share with everybody who's joining us, and it's Allie Rose Van Overbeek uh, from Genesee, Gen UC Eyewear, you know, up in Flint today because the weather's so bad she can't be in the studio with it. By the way, what is your weather up there? We've been having ice storms the last couple of days. It's, it's, it's been, you know, hot and cold, I feel like, all over the state, but specifically really cold here. <laughs> All right, well, what I want you to do is get a warm beverage. We're going to pay some bills. And if you can stay with us, we'll be back in just two minutes. Sounds great. Welcome back to Who's Got Chutzpah. I'm your host, Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. And are you ready? Uh, Andy, what holiday is this associated with? Oh, boy. Uh, uh. Sukkot? I'm sorry, that's not the answer we were looking for. Whitney, for the win. Can you tell us which holiday is this? I'm I know. Shavuot. No, I'm sorry. I've got the answer. Ta-da! What? My show, Let's Talk Torah, where we talk Torah, holidays, faith, and all the things that help us live our life. That's Let's Talk Torah, Thursdays at 3 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. That's pretty good. Yeah, what's up? This is your boy, Walter Jones, also known as Zach, the original Black Ranger, and you are geeking out with Geek Tainment Weekly at New Radio Media. It's worth the time. A new release long-term study concludes that women who work the night shift are at greater risk of developing breast cancer. The report appears in the journal Occupational Environmental Medicine and shows that working more than two night shifts a week can raise the risk of breast cancer by as much as 40%. Even more troubling was the finding that women who worked at least three night shifts a week for a minimum of six years had a 50% increase in their cancer risk. The study also found that the risk was almost four times higher in women who considered themselves to be morning people. One possible reason for the increased risk is the interruption of the normal human circadian rhythm which is your body's internal clock. Disrupting normal sleep patterns over a period of years compromises the production of melatonin, which is a hormone that's been shown to suppress cancer growth. Early risers who did not work any night shifts were found to have the lowest risk of developing breast cancer. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. 
And we're back on Talking Biz on a Saturday morning in the Motor City on NewRadioMedia.com. We got Allie Rose on the phone. Hey, Allie, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good. We're talking about your company, Gen UC Eyewear, and uh, we're coming back here. Where do most of your employees come from? So we worked with an organization locally here in Flint called the Maid Institute, and we hire returning citizens, um, and, and that means individuals who are coming out of incarceration or individuals who've been out of the workforce for an extended period of time for you know a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal has always been to empower um, and create jobs that anyone can be trained to do. And that's what's also really unique about eyeglasses and specifically the eyewear that we have designed is that we can train people with on-the-job skills training. It doesn't require any special uh, degree or prior education. Um, we can teach people to make glasses uh, and, and be an artisan on the job. So you've got that. Now your partner is Jack Burns. And uh, now what are mostly your duties and what are mostly of Jack's duties in the company? I mean, what, what does Jack handle in the company? Because I know Jack is going to be here also, but let's speak a little bit about Jack. Um, what's, his, you know, wh- what's his role in the company? Um, Jack's currently become a silent partner and has returned to uh, his life in New York, um, where he's a professor at Parsons. So he's a professor. All right, so you have, you're the Lone Ranger and he's a silent partner. And um, you know, let's let's talk about the growth. And, and I'm I'm a numbers guy, and I like to see what's going on. So at the end of the day, uh, your company, uh, you is it public? Can you say roughly what your projections are, or what kind of figures you do, and, and what's your goal in like the next year, two, three, four, five years future? Um, no, we cannot publicly share that right now. We okay. are, uh, you know, working with some investors and. And fundraising, so um, yeah, th- those aren't numbers that we can be publicly sharing at the moment. All right, can I ask you what kind of funds you're looking for, and and uh, you know what you know what you're looking for? Maybe there's some assistance uh, on our end. What what kind of funds are you looking for? What are you looking to raise? Is this live? <laughs> Is this live? Yeah, we're yeah, live. We're live. Yeah. We're live. We're live. <laughs> if we weren't, so if, this show so, would be so, dead. <laughs> so if you don't want to discuss it, we'll talk off air. <laughs> No, no, oh, no, no, it's no, live. No. It's live. See, we make all the mistakes you'd like. Yeah, yeah. So what it is? I mean, if you'd rather not talk on the, that's fine. Yeah, I understand. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. No, no, no problem. No, no, no. How many, how many people do you currently employ? Um, we have three employees. One is full time, um, and the other two are part time. Okay. All right. And have you looked at uh, just uh, as a, gen- a general question? Um, to any of the true retail outlets to carry your brand um, along with others? Not, not yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're, we're in a lot of discussions and gearing up for a lot of growth in the coming year. Very nice. That's, well, that's great. Excellent. Any other products do you see in the line? You've got glasses now. And, you know, as a visionary person, especially coming from the design world, are there any other products besides glasses you see coming down the road? Not at the moment. Our focus is is on circular economy eyewear um, and and uh, innovative uh, manufacturing processes locally here in Flint that um, allow us and hopefully others to participate in the circular economy. Is is there a group of individuals that you meet with collectively 
uh, in the greater Flint area to talk about the challenges that plastic has caused to the community because of the water issue? Um, not specifically locally in Flint. Um, we, I mean, obviously have relationships all over the country um, with individuals and, and groups who are equally passionate about taking a stand um, and, and being vocal about and taking action to, to reduce um, single-use plastics. All right, so I want to ask a couple things. We can remind our guests uh, and our people listening to the show, uh, where do they find you? And tell them the website and, and uh, tell them where they go. So the website is? Absolutely. Um, you can purchase our, our eyewear at our website, which is genesee.com, G-E-N-U-S-E-E.com. And we're very active on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at genesee underscore official. Um, and on facebook.com slash Genesee. Well, Ellie, I want to thank you for being on this morning, and uh, good luck with your company, and good luck with your growth, and on the fundraising. It all sounds great. And, uh, Peter, anything else you want to say? Well, you know, uh, it's exciting that we see somebody blossom from our community and um, take on such a challenging role, but a great opportunity to a community like Flint that suffered through a number of different things. You know, one with the big GM... um, crash of 2008 and uh, then later on with the water and here you are just one individual making a difference in a community and for that you need to be congratulated by everybody i mean this is just fantastic so we'd like to keep up with you now and then and maybe another six months from now we'll get you back on the show see where your growth is and where you're going and uh be cool and be safe up there in the flint don't drive around don't slip slide and uh once again, on behalf of Peter and myself, we want to thank you for being on uh, Talking Biz this morning, and we'll uh, catch up with you in the next six months, okay? Thanks so much for having us. We'll talk to you soon. All righty. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. So anyways, it, very interesting and in, in what's going on in Flint and, and very ambitious young lady who would like to uh, get the business going up. Obviously, we uh, found out that her partner uh, is now a silent partner living in New York, and uh, they're doing fundraising, and I wish her luck on the fundraising and look at distribution. Well, it is interesting, too, you know. And um, there were a number of people in her life, though, that were like mentors. And we all have them. We just don't sometimes realize it. And how she was, you know, so proud of the school she went to that she branded the eyewear after that. And I just think that's great. It is, it is, it is. But anyways, we're here on a Saturday morning in the Motor City, and it's Talking Biz at NewRadioMedia.com. If you've got something or an idea that you'd like to or be a guest on the show, send us a line at info at NewRadioMedia.com. You can also look at our app at NRMStreams.com in both stores. Uh, But we are getting a lot of inquiries, Peter, every week about more shows and more shows. March is going to be a big month to launch a lot of new shows on this site. And uh, a lot of new things going. If you people are out there, look at our new website, which is online right now. And in the next two, three weeks, our app will be launching. We have a beautiful new app coming out. And a lot of unique things in the sports world, uh, in the business world, in the food world. A lot of new projects going on. But once again, we also are doing just audio podcasts now. So let's call the vidcast or streamcast is what we're doing today. But if you have an idea for an audio podcast, it's as low as $50 a week. Uh, give us a line or send us an email at info at newradiomedia.com. A lot of new audio podcasts coming up. A lot of cool things happening here. Definitely are, you know, and it's it's the young people that are driving us. You know, it's we're not doing, we're not doing the driving anymore. No, the bus is being driven by the young people, and and they've got great ideas and uh, a lot of great changes. I uh, miss our COO Jess coming back on Monday. Yeah, well, you know, he's got to be back in here. You know, 
But he, he's our Jim Leland lookalike, you know. He's an uh, amazing person. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I called him last night. I called him. I said, everything okay? I said, it's okay. I just want to hear your voice. I miss you. Well, you know, you know I had a sh- it's pretty sad when I have to show you the picture of our employee with an ice pack on his You head. know, it's funny. I'm, I'm busy in the office traveling around and, and busy doing on the business side of it. And when you told me that, did you know that Jeff screwed up his knee? I said no. Well, my, and all of a sudden, this, it became it was international. The, because it was on the sports. It was on our sports I channel. Know, and, I know. Uh, Listen, I, I know, watched the shows. Baseball mainly was running right from right from Florida. Jess opens the show and he says, "You know, it's been a great thing down here in Florida." And by the way, and the camera's like panning down his le- down his body well, to his leg, and there's the ice pack. You know, Peter. Let me tell you something else. <laughs> it's really interesting that you say that. I um. Yes. I. Tune on cable at night, and I have 900-something channels, and there's nothing I want to watch. Are you serious? No, seriously. You don't I, go to HGTV? I'm telling you right now <laughs> that I'm watching more of our shows and more stuff on streaming than ever before. Oh, yeah. And you look at the things. The only one show I like to watch, and I watch it on demand, is 60 Minutes. But other than that, I'm tuning off the news because by the time the news gets on, I've already saw the headlines. Okay. I saw it. <laughs> Cut the coffee out from this guy. I, I've seen the headlines, yes. and, and I've, I know the news by time the news comes. Yep. And, you know, I used to look at people that say, I don't watch the news anymore, told me years ago. I thought they were isolationist. No. I realized they're realist and they're right. You turn on the news, and today, especially with our smartphone and our hip all day long, you get the latest and greatest news as it comes along. And people are looking for unique stuff. We are developing and getting guests and sponsors for Kim Adams, Today's Good Health. It's a great show for doctors to highlight their specialties. Uh, Our home show is going to be launched. And there's just a lot of unique stuff going on. On the other side of stuff is the animated series that we're working on with, with voices from L.A. and other shows on the creative side. And what's cool about it is if you have an idea for a show, Send us a line. Info at newradiomusic.com. I did. You turned me down. And, and well, it, the, it was a morning. It was a morning show every Saturday. No, no. But your show was your show was <laughs> let's hang at the coffee pot all day. <laughs> and, and so we thought. Well, that what's they, wrong with that? Well, you know what? You know, a lot of a lot of business is held at the coffee pot. Well, speaking of coffee. I'm waiting to hear this one. No, no, well, no, no. Do you know Because you don't drink coffee. You've got to understand well, that. Well, let me tell you. California, would you always say California leads the country on the latest and greatest in different crazes? And they're very no, different. on certain things. So California passed a Proposition 65. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. And all their coffee is going to have to be labeled that there are carcinogens in coffee. And uh, we are lined up with a, cli- a client of ours that uh, has a process that eliminates all the carcinogens in the coffee. And so that's going to be interesting because once it starts in California, everyone's going to want to remove the carcinogens from coffee and uh, realize that uh, Hmm. let's get rid of those cancer-causing agents. So some unique technology. We're going to have actually an interview with the inventor of that process. Well, you you do that. I'm going to still drink the old-style coffee. Well, what we're going to do with you is that we're going to have you stop drinking coffee. Oh, no. Two hours before the show, and we're going to see you do the shakes and withdrawals to do that. Coffee. How many people vote that we should take away Peter's coffee? Oh, no, no. You're kidding me. Tony loves this. Hey, here we go. Okay, here we go. Tony loves this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey, what do you think? Do we take away the coffee? Wait, when the show ends at the end of the day, you know. It's only 10 o'clock, give or take, you know, Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, whatever you want to be at that time. And uh, then I get to go home and have a pot of coffee and relax. Carrie, I love you, and good luck with this gentleman today with this coffee. Here you go. Well, you know, um, 
I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. And um, Mr. Coffee? You know, New Radio Media has to take care of some things and share some things here. So we're going to let them do that. And we'll see you shortly. I'll tell you what happened. G'day, Morty. I got the Szechuan sauce. We're at C2E2 with the legendary Chris Claremont. Greetings, my fellow geeks. My name is Jordan Trevilian, and this is Get It to the Geeks. We are here with David Yost, the original blue Power Ranger. Nobody right. promised you when you bought the thing on PS4 that you could play it on Switch. But your, your excuse is garbage. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. All right, sweet chainmail armor. Let's see what you got. song staying alive just might help someone you know stay alive it's one of those beats you just can't get out of your head once it's there and it turns out the disco song has 103 beats per minute which happens to be the perfect number to maintain the rhythm for performing CPR a study out of Illinois found that doctors and medical students who listened to the song while they were practicing CPR not only performed flawlessly but they also remembered the technique five weeks later the keys to CPR are performing the technique aggressively, that is pushing hard enough and pushing on the chest fast enough to force the blood to where it needs to go. So when it comes to proper technique, it turns out that compressing the chest to the beat of staying alive really can help the victim stay alive. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragg. So, 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 you know, we talked about Flint. Wait, what show is this? So, 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 Soho. Soho. Hey, you're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com with Paul Benzman and Peter Perlman. Go From ahead, Soho, then. Soho, near the Bronx. Anyway. What's um, this coffee guy? Uh, he's, he's, listen, listen. I'm listening. You're a car guy, right? I am. You thrive on the newest things. Yes. Question. Do you believe that the new greater than ever international auto show that will take place in June of 2020 mm -hmm. will be more appealing than the international auto show that normally takes place in January? Yes, and I'll tell you why. What will you do? Well, I have a punchline for okay. you first. Yeah. It's outdoors. More what do you do when the storms come in? All right, so here's the day. Here's what Here's happens. the day. The automotive industry has been changing, and more and more electronics are being put into automobiles. And so electronics and technology is a big part of the automotive business. Launch dates and other international shows that are, are hurting launches of new product have eliminated the people that want to even attend the Detroit Auto Show. This year was very pathetic with the amount of cars that was on the floor and the amount of manufacturers didn't show up. So what they want to do is they want to get a more touchy-feely and more of experiences to make the Detroit Auto Show unique than just a large showroom in a big box like Kobo. And so as they do that and they spread it around, the show, I believe, will get bigger and bigger. I think you'll see more suppliers. I think you'll see people seeing the meaning of coming to Detroit again and why they're going to come to Detroit. And I think it's one of the best moves that the automotive dealers have put together to create the show and change the day and time. So how do we deal with the weather? So same thing we deal with the winter. 
on major snowstorms, people slow down and don't come to the auto show. It's not going to storm for all days of the show. The show is actually almost a three-week show, two, three-week show. By the time you have the international press, by the time you have everyone else come in, the public days is really a smaller part of what the show is meant for. And so if you look at the show and it being spread out across downtown with the events, I think you'll see the show grow again. I think you'll see more excitement go in with that. You'll have people be able to touch and feel and drive cars and actually do different things. And I think it's an amazing move and a smart move by the uh, automobile dealers of uh, Detroit area who put on the show. Okay. So knowing that the auto show is there, why doesn't the RV industry blend with the auto show to have this huge complex? Not big enough, and I'll tell you why. I paid a visit to the Suburban Showplace yesterday to look at their new arena for some of our live events that we're going to be producing, boxing. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have the RV show there today. And if you look at the size, the facilities aren't big enough to have both. As Blair and the group at Suburban Showplace can keep expanding, uh, they now have a state-of-art arena where the Shrine Circus next week is coming in uh, as a three-ring circus. Indoor three-ring circus is back. It's a beautiful facility. I'll have to take you out there because they've got a, a, a VIP suite upstairs where you can have parties and overlook the event. So it's a really amazing, unique place. But back to your question was there's not, enough, there's not a place big enough to have the RV and the automotive show together. And it's two different industries. Well, I understand it's two industries, but the way people blend, it's amazing, though. Yeah, you know it what? Then it's like putting the, the, the boat show now with the winter show. I mean, you got to be very careful on the uniqueness of shows. And the other thing is that a lot of trade shows are dwindling because of the Internet. and People can go on and look at what's going on and do their shopping. A lot of people like to kick tires. I might end up at the RV show today. Go check it out this afternoon. Walk around. It's because it's unique. I've always thought. Oh, I love the RV show. I always thought when I retire or slow down that I wouldn't mind traveling this great country of ours and really taking an RV and taking a month or two to go on the road, especially the East Coast. I want to do all the way from Maine down to Florida and really enjoy. I remember going to camp years ago and doing Bar Harbor, Maine, and the mm-hmm. whole East Coast. And I really think it's relaxation. Um, you know, some of these campers, and they finance these things like homes. Well, sure do. So at the end of the day, you got a two or $300 payment for 42 years, and, and you're upside down But you take one. a look at these facilities, I mean— we're in Palm Desert, California every year, and down the road from our condo area, there is a gorgeous RV uh, facility for the over-the-road RVs. I mean, the big ones, the yeah. fifth wheel and self-driving, and it is, like, phenomenal. You look at these things. And you can't get in. I mean. You look at the manufacturers, and you look at what you get for value per dollar. They're amazing. They really are. These campers are really, really amazing what you get. And, and it's amazing. And the RV business, I was just talking to someone from National RV about three weeks ago, and that's a privately held family that owns that. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the spoil in Wixom, right. they're, they're out of space at Wixom. Well, that's General RV. Yeah, General RV. They're, yeah. they're, out, of, they're out of space. So they built an uh, office building for their offices, right. and they need more space. That's how great of a business is. And, and, they, you know, and people come from miles and miles to look at RV collections and, 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 the, and the inventories. No, it is. It's, it's, it's always been fascinating to watch. Um, just don't be behind the little guy with the trailer on the road because he doesn't know how to pull one. But those that, are, that pull them all the time, the fifth wheels, the big stuff, I mean, it's great to go through and everything. And, um, you know, it's, it's an industry that is never really shared with a lot of people. They drive by them. They'll see them up in Frankenmuth. They see them here off of, uh, 
you know, uh, Wixom Road and stuff like that. But uh, the show is fascinating to watch, mm -hmm. to go in and to really see. It's like going to the boat show, seeing the quality of what really goes into manufacturing these pieces. Well, it's interesting because let's go back. I'm going to take a little right turn to go left. Is that you look at our show, Greenway Outdoors. Okay. And you look at the guys, Kyle and company, of how they're trying to bring camping, or not, excuse me, hunting and fishing to younger people because it's an industry that's hurt. You know, there's billions of dollars spent on hunting and fishing in, in Michigan and around the country. And when you watch their show, it's really amazing because they go out and they, they, they find the, 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 the prey, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also cook it so they show that it's not being It's not wasted. a waste. It's not a waste. It, these, these guys do an amazing job. And, and when they brought their podcast here, we really are grateful for it because it's a good group of people. At the same time, we're going to talk to General RV and look if we can hook them up with those guys to be their preferred camper. Uh, Ram has already sponsored their show. But really look at that because, once again, it's quality of life. And a lot of people get caught up in work, 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 work. I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. But at the end of the day... You know, you really want to look at the piece, and I think this afternoon I might head over to Novi, walk through the campers, check them out, see in there, and envision myself in five years saying, Peter, do you want to go to the East Coast? And, and let's take a ride. And it's, it's really what people look at. And once again, and, and I sound jealous of a lot of the younger people today because of the quality of life they live. And, and I hang out with these guys a lot. Come on over there. I miss it. I told, remember I was telling Kelsey that day, I said, I miss hanging out with you guys because we really do. I mean, I work some ungodly hours. And we hit sit there, and, and we really truly have a family here, Peter. You know, one thing I'm proud of that we've developed here is that the people here are family. And as we add shows, and, and listen, they've gone on a journey. Some of these people have been here two years, over a year, and do this, and they've been on a journey with us and, and want to get them entrenched in more things as we grow and say, hey, what are the opportunities you look for? Because, you know, we're sitting with a couple people here that are veterans of new radio media. I'm looking at Tony, I'm looking at Kelsey, and I'm looking at everyone else. And, and we have a great voiceover talent here. Alana's amazing. Uh, she cut a commercial, and she'll be doing more voiceover talent. And where's my other buddy here, our newspaper delivery guy? He's starting his car. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, here's a gentleman who comes in. He goes at 2 in the morning, delivers papers. Then he heads his butt over here, and he does what he does here. And so you look at things, and you look at our team here. And every day I go home, I say, I'm very blessed to have a great team with us and the people that are here. And it's almost like they're our children you know, it's it's like, you know, Kelsey, I see Kelsey and she's not smiling. It kills my day. You know, I watch her Facebook post and I say, oh, OK, she's having a bright day or darn that car again or or my family is booming. And I wish, you know, and, and it's expression of stuff of what we have here. And I'd like to invite people that are listening to come take a tour of our facilities, because, you know, when we bring in investors and people in and then we go down to the other end of the building where we have production and post-production. We have some of the most talented people in the industry working with us, Peter. You know, it's it's we're truly, truly amazed. And when we bring in investors in, they don't want to leave the fun shop on the other side, on the production guys. And uh, this week on Tuesday, we're, we're taking a tour, and, and Peter invited. If you're around 2 o'clock, we're going to look at a facility uh, in Farmington Hills, another one, which is a production and post-production building that we really need to move because we're growing out. But once again, I, I can't say from my heart enough uh, to the people that were with us, and, and, and guys, thank you very much. And, and really, the I think you see the start of a business and how easy it's not and what we've seen. And we'll write a book on this thing, and I'm sure Peter will have one or two chapters about coffee in that book. <laughs> and it'll have it in there. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of teary-eyed because of this journey that we started, and, and it's not easy. Um, 
you know, I want to thank a few people. I found like the Oscars. I want to thank a few people here. And now the red carpet but, report with but, Paul Benzman. You know, we had we had Thomas Hearns in here yesterday, and Tommy was in the office, and I brought Buzz in because Buzz was the first person who came to work with us right. uh, over two years ago. Buzz was hired, and he's our executive vice president and knows a lot of people in the industry. Um, you know, we've got Tom Athens, who is a radio veteran who built a very successful political radio network with a couple shows that made over $2.5 million. Then we brought Jess in from the mortgage world, but who really understands people and really knows how to organize people. So we really have a really good people, good people skills and people here. You know, we got Andy here. We got Dave. Um, it's amazing how in our own building we have two clients and maybe three clients. I mean, so where we are and where we are is what's going on. And, and you know, once again, new radio media is probably switching over to NRM Streamcast. Um, we looked at radio really closely. And Buzzy said it, and Ian said it, that, you know, we're really a streaming company. Uh, so uh, we're looking at whether it's going to be NRM Stream or NRM Streamcast, a little insight. But uh, the new logo's coming up. The logo behind me in the studio will be changed in the next 30 days. Um, and so the rebranding. So as you see this company grow, we're in a very fast-paced moving industry. And it's interesting about the other media sponsors we'll announce in the next 30 days of affiliated media companies locally that will be sponsoring events with us and doing that. Uh, I want to mention Marianne Opt, who's out there listening. Marianne, if you're listening, thank you for bringing in the Gen UC Eyewear people. But Marianne is really excited about the Food Channel and the food shows that we're working on. And also, Gerald Valley, you know, that's Frankie Valley's son. No, but Gerald Valley, a really cool skateboard guy, a pro in skateboard, is launching his show in March. And Gerald is an amazing person, and people like Tony Hawk will be on his show. He's friends with the owner of Vans, and, and, and they'll be sponsoring him. But Gerald's an interesting guy who actually died once. Um, he had uh, alcohol poisoning, and, and he'll tell you that it hit, hit, to buy, hit, hit bottom before he went back up. And here's a guy who played hockey in Europe, uh, broke every bone in his body. And a really unique story who happened is that we met Gerald at TED Talk downtown. And Gerald came to the show, and he had one business card, just one business card. And we were very fortunate to be the receiver of that one business card. And we laugh, but we look at that, and it's really becoming unique who's falling in our laps here at NRM and the way they're falling in. So Gerald will be on in March. Some unique stuff. We'll be taking some shots out at the skateboard park and in the studio. But he's friends with band band, members. People that are members of big, famous bands will be calling in, and it will be a really, really fun show. So as we lead up to the month of March, uh, a lot of unique content coming to NRM. And uh, just keep an eye on us. All right. So you're giving us everything for March. Let's go back to February okay. for a minute. And in 60 seconds, what are you going to be doing for Valentine's Day? So me on Valentine's Day, I'm going to buy myself a gift because it's a lonely me. Um, really have no plans. Originally, uh, we were going to launch a Bloody Mary party that night at one of the restaurants, and we decided that Valentine's Day is not good. Um, you know, I've got to say something about Ben Rose. It reminds me of Ben Rose. I didn't think Ben. Ben has found me all the Michigan-made vodkas. And we're going to have a contest to see which is going to be the preferred vodka of the Bloody Mary Club. Very interesting. So we're going to have that. We have three or four restaurants that are dying for us to have the Bloody Mary Club at their restaurants. Uh, we're in talks with another high-end restaurant to have an event this summer called Women in Whiskey. And so we'll have that. Uh, and, and, and just amazing the ideas. But once again, people who are listening to this, email us at info at new radio media. If you have any idea, if you think it's off the wall, 
we want to see it and, 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 and be able to really work with you to develop your dreams and to make a dreams to reality. So you didn't give me my answer. I told you, you I'm not doing anything on Valentine's You're Day. not doing anything for your mother. No, my mother's not my Valentine. My mother's my Ooh. mother. She gets Ooh. something She gets something every week, okay? Well. The other morning, she wasn't feeling good. Guess who cooked her breakfast? It's about time. About time. I bring in plenty of things. Listen, <laughs> you bring the food mom, in, but you don't cook it. My, oh, my, my mom will not, not say anything bad about me. Uh, uh, thank God she's still alive. Anyways, well, uh, that music tells us we got to take a break. We're going to be back in two minutes, and we'll see you guys on the other side. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at see things like this you just say you died <laughs> well i mean technically or maybe even something like this we'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs your dogs are gone and sometimes a little of this we need to have a talk <laughs> i take my axe and i smash it no <laughs> and check out podquester the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins fiendish foes and dangerous tricks oh like the singer no, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com. I got to tell you, I'm listening to uh, the last hour and 50 minutes, and I must say that um, it has been a unique day today. Just the idea that what we have done for Flint, you know, we, we talk about bringing them the water, the infrastructure being so poor, um, getting the, the relationship of the state with the community to get on the same page. Um, and then out of nowhere, um, a young person comes forward and says, there are things we can do. Well, there, there are a lot of things we can do. And you look at Flint, and, and the new governor is addressing Flint once again and making sure the water's there. Uh, I know groups of people that are looking at the housing situation in Flint and what's there and what's going on. What's also sad about Flint is in our retail world, and over the last five years, a lot of the neighborhoods there have collapsed with retail. Uh, we represent city trends and save a lot, and you look at all those. A lot of the grocery store anchored centers in the neighborhoods are depleted, and it's sad. It's it's really, really sad because now they got to go to Miller Road. And you got people that don't have cars who used to walk to the grocery store and do that. So it's a crisis. Uh, the water and the, the, you know, the, the effect of the water itself and what it's done to retail and services in Flint, it's almost in some part like a third-world country. So how do we – you know, it's interesting. I mean, we, we're, um, we're empathizing with them. Yeah. 
because you can't sympathize. You're empathizing with them. Okay. And um, the, the rally call has been put out. But the rally call now is going statewide. The infrastructure is so poor because it's all aged. You know, Birmingham went through a big uh, transition of tearing out their roads and doing the, all the, um, you know, underground work. And all of a sudden when they opened it up, they found out that everything's over 100 years old. Well, here's the problem with our country, Peter. You know, we're a relatively young country still, but if you look at the infrastructure in every major city, the Detroit water infrastructure is pathetic underground. And you look at all these things, you know, the electric companies are upgrading the gas companies because they're for profit and all these other things, but the roadways and the infrastructure in this United States are pathetic. And it almost takes you to go to other countries like China and everything else to see where they're advanced and how the roadways are, that we're a com- country with short memories, that we'll lose a bridge and then we'll be interested on bridges collapsing for about three weeks, and then we're looking for the next story. But if this word goes out to any politician in the states and federal government is that we're going to hurt, we're, we're our worst enemies here. We're our worst enemies that we don't take care of infrastructure. There are dozens of flints around the country. And it's not because they changed the water. It's because the infrastructure of pipes and other things going on. So you look at that. We were woken up, and, and we had a gas shortage, natural gas shortage, uh, a week or so ago because of the fire. In Ray Township. And, and where you had to get the gas. Not, so, you know, we got to look at infrastructure, and we've got to look at things to say, okay, um, you know, it, it's, it's really scary that, once again, with roads collapsing, I think we'll see some of the worst roads this spring because of the hot and the cold and the gas, you know, all that stuff. And, and there are, so you see some of the shows are already rippling last week. You've got the bumps already. So, you know, we don't do long-term fixes. We put a two-inch cap or three-inch cap of asphalt on a road and say, that's good for two years, and then we've got to redo it. So we've got to work on infrastructure, water infrastructure, road infrastructure, bridge infrastructure. we got bridges that are in terrible shape. So here's another piece for you, um, and this will be a guest for us in two weeks. Uh, and we're going to talk about, you know, we just talked about the plastic side of life. Uh-huh. We're talking about the battery side of life. Well, that's a whole other subject. And, as and that will be discussed in two weeks with Bud Grell, who's coming in from High Efficiency Power Solutions, um, and going to give you the whole background of the whole battery challenge. Well, and it's interesting. We're talking about more electronic cars and all the electric cars. And you look at cars, and the biggest question was, is how long do these battery cells really last and what do we do with them after they, they go and, bye-bye. And uh, I think we're going to hear some very interesting stories Yeah. and uh, things that are coming on the horizon to a point that he's allowed to share. So um, mark that one down for two weeks. You know, um, each week we try to find somebody unique yeah. uh, to bring into the show, to share with us uh, things that are happening in the community or nationally. Uh, it's very, very important. You know, New Radio Media was built on a platform of cutting edge and not to be yesterday's newscast. So we don't like to rehash too much of what took place yesterday, but, yep. we, but we do study the news of yesterday to share with all of our viewers, listeners, um, on what that challenge of the past will affect the future. Yeah, we do, and you look at that stuff, and we look at this, and there's a show I forgot that's got a new set last week, Pop That Culture. They've updated. So we got, we got some unique stuff, and, and once again, we look forward, we're forward thinking, but once again, reaching out to the community to say, hey, would you like to be on a show or would you like to have a show? Uh, if you're listening to stuff, take a look at our talent stuff. Our Geektainment channel has some amazing shows. And they might not be for you or me, but the fact is they're seeing numbers. Podquesters, sometimes 30,000, 40,000 individual hits a month. 
uh, Andy and his gang producing that. I, I walked in the studio the other day really upset that they have not invited me to play the game with them. Thank God. And they said, come Thank on, and all you got to roll the dice. So I'm going to be on that show, I don't know yet, with a jar of pickles. Oh, my um, God. Here we go. In a few go. more weeks, I'm going to sit there and eat pickles during the show. Here comes the guy with the Bloody Mary mix. You laugh, ladies but, but and you gentlemen. La- you laugh, ladies um, and gentlemen. If you're listening and want to join me for a personal Bloody Mary, send us a line at info at newradiomedia.com. But we have dozens of people interested in signing up for the. Well, Bloody they do Mary track Club. you because they they all ask me about your alcoholic challenges. They do, and, and someone yelled at me yesterday. It looks like you repeated a picture. Yes, yes, and, and, yes. And so, I know that. And so as we do that, no, I one of my a, spot checkers. I had a fresh Bloody Mary, and it's funny. It's contagious. I had a cousin come in the other day to stage, and they ordered one because they saw me ordering them. They came in specifically for the Bloody Mary. And so uh, Ian and the gang up at Stage Deli, we're going to have a Bloody Mary night there. It'll be two Bloody Marys and appetizers for. Twenty nine ninety five. It's going to be on a Thursday night from eight to eleven. They're going to close a little early for the special. You got to do me a favor. Yeah, you got to. You've got to take a percentage of it though for charity. Well, here's what's happening. We are already doing that. Um, what's happening is is that the food events we're planning will be sponsored by a nonprofit. Each food event will be. Um, I can't announce the events That's at the fine. Food Channel, but everyone will have a nonprofit element Good. to it and a sponsor to it. So. You know, we're giving back to the community. All right. So we've given to the community almost two wonderful hours, you know, Paul. And I want to thank uh, our guest very much, uh, Ali Rose Van Overbeek uh, from uh, uh, Gen UC uh, out in Flint on the eyewear. And for everybody here at New Radio, have a great week.